0: This one is, am I the astronaut for going no contact with my mother for what she did at my bridal appointment? So to understand the situation, you will need to hear the backstory. I have been with my now fiance since we were in high school and we are both very close to our thirties. We were planning to get married in 2018, but I got pregnant and we postponed. I went dress shopping for that wedding and I got one, but didn't have my bridal moment. My mom did put down a payment on the first dress, which I did not ask her to do. We have decided to now go ahead with planning our wedding again, and we have set a date for next fall all. We both agreed to a dark, moody, romantic vibe. I decided that a lot has changed, and I have changed in that time span since I bought my first dress and I no longer wanted to wear it, as it also didn't fit the vibe we were going for, so I booked a bridal session to try on new dresses. The bridal shop I picked, I found from TikTok because I just absolutely fell head over heels for a black dress they were selling at their shop. I later found out the dress I wanted to go for was no longer being made, and it was not an option. But my mom and I didn't talk for a week after a big fight about the potential dress being black and not white she called me after a week and told me she is okay with it and i can wear black if i wanted to as if it were up to her now onto the nitty-gritty my mother showed up late for one not any more than 10 to 15 minutes however i was there 15 minutes early she had missed the discussion i had with the consultant about me my fiance the wedding etc well that also included the price point of the dress just the dress nothing else i felt like i compromised on my last dress and didn't want to pick another dress if it didn't make me cry Assume that means in a good way. I had to have my bridal moment. And I have always been adamant about having a long veil, specifically cathedral length. We are set loose in the store and we all got to pick our dresses for me to try on. My mom and my mother in law picked out the same gown and I tried it on. I guess while I was putting it on, my mom was raving about how she just knew that was going to be my dress. Spoiler alert. It wasn't. We had gotten down to the very last dress and I put it on and instantly I could feel something was different and when I walked out I saw myself in it and all of the little details and I got my bridal moment. I cried like a baby and the consultant then asked if I wanted to see it with a veil. A thousand percent you bet I did. She brought in two options one significantly pricier than the other and she asked which I wanted to try on. I wanted to try the expensive one on. Didn't know the prices until after I tried the first one. The pricey veil was a thousand dollars, and my mom threw a fit. The longer the veil, the higher the cost, and there is only one other size longer than a cathedral. So yeah, I expected it to cost a pretty penny. And I will give it to the veil price that they are handmade, and they are dyed with the fabric of my dress to make sure that there are no color discrepancies. And it also had Swarovski crystals all over the veil. So the price, although high, could have been justified in my opinion. But I actually ended up picking up the second veil, which was like half the cost the first one and that was without the 20% discount on accessories I would get for purchasing my dress with them. She went on to Amazon and found a cathedral veil for under $200 saying my wedding didn't need to cost so much money. I specifically cut prices elsewhere to be able to get whatever I wanted when it came to what I will be wearing on my wedding day. I kept trying to tell her I was not going to be wearing a veil from Amazon on my wedding day, not to discredit or make anyone else feel some type of way. If they do, it just ain't for me. Not to mention my dress is not a normal In fact, it is a combination of three different colors to give it its own unique coloring. One, it would be incredibly hard to match it with something I bought online. Two, I am not comfortable spending that much money on something I cannot visibly account for the quality and the color of. Three, it is my wedding and I am the one paying for it. So my mother and I continue to argue about this veil. She thinks I'm still purchasing the $1,000 one. And we go back and forth for five to 10 minutes and she just keeps putting her phone into my face saying, see, see, look. And I guess it finally clicks in her head that she isn't going to get her wedding. She picks her things up and proceeds to say something to the tune of, Well, if you aren't going to listen to me, I just don't even know why I came or why I was invited. And she just left. Well, my sister came in with her, so she went to leave with her, and she got out to the car. My mom was absolutely trashing me to her new husband, telling, telling him how I am a narcissist, saying how I am just like my dad. He has been dead for over four years, but everything she hated about him, she was saying I was just like him. I feel like she robbed me of my moment and my experience, and we haven't talked since. Am I the asshole? Wow. Okay. So the specific question on this was, am I the asshole for going no contact with my mother for what she did at my bridal appointment? So OP is paying for all of her own stuff. That is a very important distinction mom just wanted to get her way here. I don't know if OP was paying for it. Why was this a hill that mom was willing to die on? Why? And then when she doesn't get her way to take her ball and go home and to trash her on the way out to the car, comparing all the things that she hates about her to the things that she hated about her dead dad. OP's mom's ex-husband. Presumably. This is definitely an NTA. I just There's got to be some kind of motivating factor behind here. Okay, so mom did put a deposit on the first dress that she ended up not keeping, right? I'm trying to make some sense of this. I don't know that there's any sense to be made, but I'm trying to make some sense of it. We'll go ahead and make the official distinction here that OP, you were NTA for going no contact here. There's obviously a lot more going on here and you have every right to go no contact here. Diving into what specifically caused this and why is this a hill that she's willing to die on? That would be the biggest question that I would have for her is why? Why is this so important that you're willing to destroy our relationship over it and throw an absolute bitch fit and trash me for making a decision about something that I'm gonna spend money on? Why is this a it's your way or the highway thing when it has nothing to do with you? You don't talk like that about the dad in front of one of his daughters, especially he's passed. But I feel like this being a hill that mom was willing to die on and the things that she said after the fact and her reaction to not getting her way there. I mean, of course she had input. She was invited, but input is input. It is not a final decision. And even even if she were paying for things, I think in this, in my understanding of the bridal situations is that moms still get a vote. They don't get final say. They get budget say if they're paying for things. There was a TikTok I saw a few weeks ago that was talking about the quote that the blood is thicker than water and the actual full quote was the blood of the, coven is thicker than the water of the womb so that was to say that the people that you choose in your life that bond is stronger than the genetic bond that you have with people let's go ahead and bring mom up here and figure out how big of an asshole mom was okay so as a reminder ask on scale is is reversed a little bit ask one is the most severe asshole ask four is the least severe asshole uh four is you could have done it differently three is you should have done that differently two is you definitely shouldn't have done that and one is you're a terrible human now keep in mind here she did pay a deposit on the first dress that op ended up not using but when the second one came around she wanted her way or the highway and when she didn't get her way she just completely trashed her on the way out in front of her sister and to her new Boyfriend and equated a lot of things that she hated about her to the things she hated about her since past father. So there's some pretty awful things going on there. Pretty awful. She did a really, really Terrible thing by going there. She didn't have to go there at all. If she had just said, Well, if you're not going to take my input, why am I even invited? and then just left, she probably, I mean, she'd still be on the ASCON scale, but she wouldn't be as high on the scale as she is because she just reached into the the bag of tricks and was like, Fine, screw it. I'm lighting this bridge on fire and went ahead and lit it on fire. But remember, we also reserve ASCON 1 for the truly terrible people. And was this a truly terrible thing or was this just a you definitely shouldn't have done that kind of thing? And I think I'm Leaning that direction, keeping in mind that we save Ascon 1 for those truly evil evil people. I don't think this was an evil thing. I think this was just a, I didn't get my way, so I'm going to throw a tantrum kind of thing. So throwing Ascon 2 on here. She could be a one. She very well could be a one, but I don't think it's evil. I think it's just a stupid thing. This story is from the AITA. This is not a follower submission. This one is Am I the Askanot for eating someone else's birthday cake? Better be a really good explanation here. So this happened the other week when myself and my friends, males and females ranging from 27 to 32, were celebrating my friend's birthday, Tim, at a restaurant. Next to us was another table, similar ages, no kids, judging from balloons and presents who were also celebrating a birthday. The dinner went by normally, and when it came for the dessert, some waiters came out with cake for Tim and sang happy birthday. We divided up the cake and began eating. Turns out the cake wasn't for Tim, and was meant for the table next to ours. The waiter came over and asked us to stop eating the cake as it wasn't for us. We laughed as we thought it was a joke, and we were halfway through it at this point. We noticed the other table staring daggers at us. We stopped eating and didn't outright apologize, but said to the other table we didn't know. Who checks to make sure someone organized this cake specifically for Tim? You're at a birthday, and you see a cake, so you eat it. After dinner, the other table yelled at us in the car park, calling us assholes for eating their cake. and for laughing when asked to give it back. I assumed if anyone are assholes, it's the restaurant. But what does Reddit think? Am I the asshole? Edit. To add things addressed in comments, the cake was a regular chocolate cake, so maybe why the other table didn't notice it as theirs straight away. The waiter took about five minutes after serving us the cake to come back. We did give the cake back after we realized it wasn't a joke and wasn't organized by someone at our table. Holy cow. Okay, it's not their fault. It is 100% the restaurant's fault. And we actually got tagged in a story today where it was a like an engagement party or a rehearsal dinner party something like that. And they had a cake specifically, they called it a wedding cake in the video. Although I don't know why you would eat the wedding cake at a rehearsal dinner, or maybe it was a wedding cake. This woman was almost in tears because they went to a restaurant and the restaurant had given their wedding cake, or maybe it's their rehearsal dinner cake, to another table. And she saw it happening and some of the topping was missing. So she thought maybe it's not ours and then watched them cut into it and then realized that it was actually hers and was just in tears and was like i don't even know what to say in this case it's a little bit different because it was just like a plain jane chocolate cake right it doesn't matter it's not right but it's not their fault the shit part of all of this is that even though it is the restaurant's fault it was probably some kid waiting tables just trying to get by who got Confused. And it was probably, if these tables were right next to each other, it was probably, you know, two tables within this same kid's section, too. So he goofed and caused this thing and probably didn't know what the hell to do, except for to say, we need that back. We know you've eaten half of it, but yeah, we need that back. And they're at a party where it's multiple people who don't all live together and aren't all communicating. So they didn't know. They just assumed that someone within the group had brought the chocolate cake. It is not their fault for doing this, for making the assumption that if cake showed up, if If a cake showed up at the table when you were out there celebrating someone's birthday with friends, would you be like, okay, hold on, everybody. Hold on. We need to make sure that this cake came from someone at this table because the last thing I want to do is eat someone else's cake. I don't think that happens. I don't think that would be a normal course of action. I think it would be like, oh, sweet cake. Yup. Thump. Now, it's no more your guys' fault than it is the other tables for not seeing it happen and stopping it before it gets there, right? It is absolutely the restaurant's fault. I don't know what you do to make that right. I hope the restaurant did something to make that right. The story that we got tagged in where it was the wedding cake, that's obviously a much bigger deal. But either way, it's the restaurant's fault. They've got to do something to make it right. OP, in this case, not the asshole. It was an accident. A cake accident, but an accident nonetheless. Not your fault. Probably some some young, confused, just-getting-through-life teenager as a server. And it sucks. It sucks real bad, but I don't think the other table had any ammo to get pissed at you for it. And you weren't laughing because you knew that it wasn't the cake that you guys brought and it belonged to the table next to you. You were laughing because you thought it was a joke. And once you realized it was serious, you gave it back. So I don't know what you could have done differently, except for take the unreasonable path of verifying the cake actually belonged there before digging into it, which I just don't know what would happen. this is another follower submission this is am i the astronaut for making my brother-in-law and his girlfriend sleep in a hotel parking lot story hi my husband 28 male and i 27 female last year decided to move and now live nine hours away from all of my family and friends my brother-in-law 32 male decided he wanted to move with us so the three of us piled into a hotel for a while until we were able to get moved into our new home we were able to sell our old house and buy ours completely in cash After the first three months, his girlfriend, 40 female, and their two kids, 8 and 4, moved down too. We have been letting them all stay with us until they could sell their own. They couldn't sell it and are now in foreclosure. Since our house isn't much more than a 1,000 square feet, six people makes it very crowded, especially with kids. They put two holes in our walls and have not paid any rent or utilities in the last six months. They usually do not have much, so we help out in every way, watching the kids, food, birthday slash holiday gifts and basic necessities for the kids. If the kids ever need anything, we make sure it's taken care of. The plan has been to send the kids to stay with their grandparents for the summer. Now living seven hours away, they wanted as much time together as possible. So when my family said they wanted to come visit, I was overjoyed. They always want to come down. But with a family of four living with us, they don't impose or ever ask. So I made plans and had up to six people coming. I told my brother-in-law and his girlfriend they had to get out for the weekend because I needed the space. They had three months to prepare arrangements and did nothing. The day before my family came, my brother-in-law calls and asks if they can stay because they can't afford to go anywhere. My husband and I told them no, we were going to have too many people in the house. They ended up sleeping in their van in a hotel parking lot for $1 night. night before his boss got him a hotel. They keep telling us how horrible it was and I feel guilty since only three ended up coming. Am I the asshole? Okay, the original question is, am I the asshole for making my brother-in-law and his girlfriend sleep in a hotel parking lot? Okay, so let me get this right. So OP, you've been letting them live with you, taking care of all of the needs of their children giving them three months to plan for somewhere else to stay during this time and they just did nothing. That kind of seems to be the MO here is that they know that they need to take action on things and are just doing nothing. There was an interesting TikTok I saw earlier today about executive dysfunction and I had to show it to Candy Thunder because she's like, that's me! But this kind of sounds like this on a much larger level. It's either they're just choosing not to do anything because someone else is taking care of it for them, but what's the alternative? Are they going to end up homeless? What What's going to happen if someone isn't doing Things for them there. OP, I think this is the dangerous place for you is that if you don't force them to start doing things themselves, you're going to be taking care of their family forever they have no incentive right now to do anything else because you're taking care of everything and a thousand square foot house with six people shoot our first house was eleven hundred square feet there were six of us in there I mean four kids and two adults it was tight like it's tough to make that work but we were also a family and if it's multiple families in that amount of space holy crap that would be incredibly difficult and they've damaged it haven't repaired anything they haven't paid for anything it seems like they don't appreciate what you're doing for them or just incapable of stepping up and adulting and that's a real problem because they have children and this is the kind of thing that happens a whole lot they see these things are coming they just can't or won't do anything about it you're gonna have to do something to get them off of the teeth that you've provided for them because otherwise it ain't gonna happen not the asshole for making you didn't make them sleep in a hotel parking lot that's the kicker here your question says am i the asshole for making my brother-in-law and his girlfriend sleep in a hotel parking lot that's not what you did you made them stay somewhere else for a night they chose to sleep in a hotel parking lot they chose to not take action they chose to put themselves in that position not your fault NTA. Not your fault that they didn't prepare. Not your fault that they haven't done anything. You're going to have to take action to force them to do something. Otherwise, they are going to be living with you in your thousand square foot house forever. And I don't think you want that. Hell no. (laughs) Okay, we have another follower submission here. This one is Am I the astronaut for not stopping or turning around when my girlfriend begged me to do so? Oh, crap. I, 22 male, i am in the military. I was temporary duty for about six months for training. When I finished the course, it took approximately 30 days of leave to spend time with my family and my girlfriend, 20 female, who I'll call Rebecca, as well as have time to drive cross country to my next duty station. For context, me and Rebecca were together for two years and I had been in the military for the entirety of our relationship. Due to having to travel and go temporary duty, I was unable to spend Valentine's Day with her in 2022. While on leave, I planned on leaving early in February to avoid a snowstorm that was supposed to hit around Valentine's Day. Rebecca asked that I stay longer since we would have to do long distance for several months and more than likely wouldn't see each other. I obliged but said I would have to leave immediately after Valentine's Day due to my father having hand surgery later that month. He agreed to drive with me to make the drive easier. agreed and said that that would be okay. On Valentine's Day, we went out to dinner and spent the night hanging out and just enjoying our time together. I still had packing to do but decided to wake up early and take care of it in the morning. We had a great night with no issues. I told her there was a chance that I wouldn't leave due to the storm that was hitting that night but to plan on me leaving that day. That morning, I packed up the last of my clothes and TV. After I finished, I went outside to pack them in my car and brush her car off. She woke up about this time and started getting ready for work. When she did, I came inside, said, morning and then went and made her breakfast so she could eat while doing her makeup. I then went back outside to finish brushing her car off and warm it up. While I was doing this, she came outside annoyed and started asking what I was doing. I told her I wanted to make her morning as easy as possible. She then said I wanted you to sit in the bathroom with me since it's our last morning. I apologized and came inside to sit with her, but she was mad and didn't want to talk to me. When it came time for her to leave for work, we said goodbye and I apologized again. She thanked me for getting her car ready and making her breakfast. We said goodbye and I said that I loved her and hoped to see her soon. I then got in my truck and went to my dad so we could leave. The snow was bad, but not undrivable. I got to my dad's, grabbed a couple of other items, and we left. After about 20 minutes, my phone started blowing up with text and phone calls from Rebecca. She was angry that I didn't stop by her work and say goodbye one last time. I was already on the highway and didn't see it reasonable to turn around due due to the weather conditions and already leaving later than what me and my dad had planned. I then sat on the phone with her while driving on and off for several hours. She was begging me to stop and turn around or she was going to break up with me. I told her that I couldn't. She kept telling me that I didn't tell her I was actually going to be leaving that day and that she hated the way I left things. I continued to tell her that I was not going to turn around. She then asked me to stop and wait for her to come to where I was, which at that point was between three and four hours away. I told her that I was not going to wait and that it wasn't safe and was also a waste of gas money as she had rent and bills to pay. She then said that I made my decision and we were done. I feel as I should have communicated better, but I don't think it was safe or reasonable to stop or to turn around. So the question is, am I the asshole for not stopping or turning around when my girlfriend begged me to do so? Woof. You know, I I bet it's tough knowing that your significant other would be leaving for an extended amount of time. Several months, I I understand, like, it would be tough that day. But also, what she wanted changed several times. and it was all spur of the moment that morning. So he was trying to do something nice. He was a moving target. The moving target is what I have a problem with. He woke up trying to do, like, trying to do something sweet and, you know, make her day as easy as possible, made breakfast for her, got her car cleaned off. Like he was trying to do his own thing. She had a moving target of, well, what I wanted you to do was this thing that I never communicated to you so you didn't know. And he's like, oh shit, well, okay. So he comes in, but then she's already pissed off. So that's a moving target. Now that's not what she wants. And then he's like, okay. So he apologizes and then leaves to go do his thing. And then it's, I wanted you to do this other thing that I never communicated to you. There's just so many freaking moving targets. There was no way for him to win. This was a Kobayashi Maroon, no matter what. He was going to lose no matter what he did even if he had turned around and come all the way back there would have been something else that he didn't do that she wanted him to do and he would have screwed that up too so kobayashi maru this was not going to work and maybe this was her way of creating an impossible situation that forced them to break up because she couldn't handle the long distance thing maybe this was all just even subliminally maybe this is what she was trying to do she was sabotaging but no matter what here op not the asshole For not turning around, it wouldn't have mattered if you did, dude. There would have been some other thing. So this thing was going to end in wreckage one way or another. And I think you did your best. It just was never going to be enough and lord help the boy who learns that next it's not going to get any easier for the next dude we'll put it that way she couldn't just say hey this isn't going to work for me she had to find some kind of more immature way of handling it which was just creating this impossible scenario communication would have been key that would have been smart but she kept changing her mind it's hard to communicate when you're changing your mind every two seconds i agree that she was definitely sad and stressed out however she allowed her feelings to ruin a relationship and maybe that's what she intended to do one way or another, it happened and it was going to happen. But I think if you're having those feelings, having those feelings does not make you the asshole. We talk about this a lot. It's it's what you do with those feelings that can potentially make you the asshole. And she let it. She let her feelings kind of run amok and direct what she wanted to pivot quickly in a way that he could never catch up with. She wasn't going to happen? I should have gone back and looked at her age there because 20 would be, that'd be tough. He's 22 and she's 20. She's never had to deal with that kind of thing before. Didn't know how to process it. Didn't know what to expect. And maybe if she wanted to make this work, should have prepared and talked to some people who had made it work but that's also hard to realize at 20 like you know what if i want this to succeed i need to prepare for success here that's not how a 20 year old thinks 20 year old is like riding the wave of life day to day right that would have been tough but also having the closure of knowing that it was over then probably made it a little bit easier too because then he doesn't have to worry about the impossible moving target of trying to satisfy her make her happy (laughs) this is going to be a damn good time not an aita story title of the story and again it's from just no mother-in-law is my grandmother just stole my birthday cake. It was my birthday on the 15th and I spent the day at work and then went out with mates so I didn't see my parents on the day. Usually this isn't an issue. My parents will text me or call me on my actual birthday but they're fine with not seeing me. This year has been a bit different though as my brother left the country about a couple of months ago so three out of the four of her kids are now living halfway across the world and my mom isn't dealing particularly well. It's mostly crap that usually I can deal with but I miss them too so she's getting on my tits more than usual. Anyway, I agreed I'd see my parents this week and we'd do lunch and cake to make everyone feel a bit better. I effing love carrot cake, so she made me a carrot cake, a carrot cake birthday cake. When we came back from lunch, I did my duty and let them screech, I mean sing, happy birthday at me and blew out the candles. We were far too full from lunch, so decided to try the cake later. About half an hour later, my grandparents turn up, uninvited. It was fine, mostly small annoying shit for my grandmother, then my grandfather wanted to have a closer look at the new driveway my parents had put in. So So we all wandered down to look at the new security gate, the cattle grid, etc. Except my grandmother who decided to wait in the house because it was too cold outside. Fair enough. But I wasn't staying with her. So I went to go look at the driveway too. They left not long after. I hung around for another half hour before getting ready to leave too. I went to get my cake and it's freaking gone. It's nowhere. The gnarly old boot stole my birthday cake. The gnarly old boot stole my birthday cake so my mom texted my grandmother did you take his birthday cake and she replied with i thought that was our share your share it hasn't even been cut yet a full cake is not your share you didn't even ask you just took it your wrinkly old walnut wrinkly old walnut is sticking around don't worry i just went over and stole it back update. After I went and stole back my birthday cake, my grandmother texted me the next day. She texted me. Grandmother Don't you ever sneak into my house again. I had no idea who was there. You're lucky I didn't call the police. You scared your granddad too. He almost had another heart attack. He could have died and it would have been your fault. Me You watched me walk around the house. Grandmother I don't care. Rude rude rude. And you stole what's his name's birthday cake. It wasn't yours. I didn't take your cake. That's lies and your mom is spreading. I spent hours making that cake for insert name you will be replacing that cake girl me huh funny the cake i took had happy birthday my name that's not even close to her friend's grandkids name on it it was also filled with holes from candles and was in a tupperware box with my parents last name which is not her last name on it i haven't heard anything from her since this morning i got a text from my dad dad just a heads up your grand is telling people you stole money from her saturday we're dealing with it Which basically means she ran to either my uncle or eldest cousin who is exactly like her and they, instead of talking to me, ran to tell on me to my parents. Also I'm undecided on a name for this particular nutcase. Someone suggested the See You Next Tuesday of Kirkcaldy and I like the idea of incorporating a Scottish place name or historic Scottish villain to her name. Someone else also suggested The Bitch of Allen, a play on the Scottish town of Bridge of Allen which is not far from where she used to live. Or I could name her after the Loch Ness Monster or something similar. What do you people think? Edit 2.0 One of the comments got me thinking so I just had a wee Facebook stalk of the person she said was planning to give my cake to. Their birthday isn't until months from now. Now whether that means she genuinely doesn't remember that and was going to pass my cake off as something she'd baked or if she knew and just plucked a name out of her arse hoping I wouldn't find out, I don't know. I don't care to be honest, both are lies. Well done Opie. Well done. That was a fantastic story. This This is great. So this lady took the whole cake said she thought it was their share. OP went and stole it back and then she accuses OP of breaking into her house and stealing a cake that didn't belong to OP and then whenever she got nowhere with that just started telling people that OP stole money from her. The wrinkly old walnut is either batshit crazy or completely delusional. Not sure which. Doesn't matter. Good story no matter what. This one is, am I the astronaut for refusing to pay for my best friend's bachelorette weekend that is happening a year after her wedding? Hold on, that's not how bachelorette weekends work. It sounds more like a divorce party. So my best friend just got married in July of last year, 2022. We have been friends for 15 years and had talked about being involved with each other's weddings, growing up, all that kind of stuff. Well, she got engaged and married extremely fast to her current husband. Within a year of dating, and I say fast because in May, 2022, she was thinking of breaking up with him. then got engaged a month later and the wedding a month after that. The wedding was so fast that I wasn't even invited to it and it was a small thing for her and his family only which was a bit hurtful being my close friend and all, but that was fine and her choice. So now we are here a year later. My friend and I haven't talked much since last year because we have both been moving on with our lives. Now, one of her other friends is trying to plan a late bachelorette weekend for her with only three of us, me, married friend, and the girl planning it. Originally, there was supposed to be four going and the plan was to split the cost between four of us for a hotel and things like that. Now, her friend that is planning everything asked me if I would pay half with her so that the married friend didn't have to pay for any of it as a gift to her and I straight up said no because it isn't actually a bachelorette event, but instead, to me, just random girls' night. Back when my best friend was getting married, I offered to plan a bachelorette party to which she told me, no, I think there just isn't enough time until the wedding. So I thought I gave it a fair shot. Am I the asshole for not wanting to pay for my married friend's share even though it's a late bachelorette for her? This is an area in which I have zero experience or knowledge. So, except for in the very beginning thinking that's not how bachelorette parties work. I don't know how this whole thing started. I think that that would be... An interesting thing to know. And OP for you, it would be an interesting thing to be like, how did this come up? Like a year after the fact, how how all of a sudden are we like, you know what? Let's do a bachelorette party. Like, whose idea was this? I'm assuming it was the other friend, not not the girl who is now married. I think at this point you just you missed it. You missed the opportunity to do something like that. Even if it was, you know, a couple of months or a month after the fact, you could probably still pull it off. But you're a year after the fact now, it's just a girl's night. If you wanted to pay her. Shared to make it a gift for her as like a wedding gift, then cool, that's awesome. But they aren't even close anymore. They've just moved on in separate directions for with their lives. So not the asshole here, OP. I mean, if you had wanted to do it, I'm sure she would have appreciated that. You're not the asshole for saying no and not doing it. You have no obligation to do it. The time for what was the possibility of having a bachelorette party for her, which you did offer to plan is well past. The statute of limitations is up on that. A year later, it's a whole new ballgame. It's a little different now all of it the party could have been a year after due to COVID and if that was the case I feel like it would be a completely different story but it probably would have been mentioned in here her best friend got married in July of last year so July of 22 so I don't think that was a that was a COVID delay would have been you know around July of 22 that the bachelorette party happened too it wasn't something that was in at least where I'm at one of the one of the peak times it still could have been one of the times though (laughs) This one is, am I the astronaut for making my best friend pay rent in a house she never lived in? I hope the body of this story explains all. This was a few years ago now, but I still think about it. My fiance and I were living in a home that had an extra bedroom in Colorado. Those who have had to deal with the housing situation in Colorado know how expensive it is, so we knew we would have to find a roommate eventually. At this point, we had been in our new home a couple of months and we were struggling to keep up with rent, utilities, etc. My best friend expressed interest in moving in with us and I was ecstatic. She lives across the country in the Midwest and I see her maybe once a year. Fast forward another month and we had planned everything. Her moving date u-haul that my fiance and i had helped her with even a job interview literally the day before she is set to pick up the u-haul and pack her things to leave i texted her to see if she was doing okay and ready to leave she responded by telling me she's backing out she's out of money to get there and she doesn't want to be so far from home i couldn't believe it i had invested so much of my time and energy to get her here and now two days before moving she doesn't think it's a good idea why couldn't she tell me this sooner I was livid. I'll admit I should have waited to respond until I could calmly express my feelings or at least talk with my fiance about it, but I laid into her. I couldn't afford another month's rent without her portion, and now I'm in a position I was not prepared for. I told her that if she wanted to save our friendship, she needs to send me next month's rent or I'd cut her off then and there. She told me I was asking for her last bit of money she saved up and that I would leave her with nothing, but I told her she should have thought about that before I basically paved the way for her to get here. She did pay me. We found another roommate, and we have since repaired our friendship now we do live in the same city and i enjoy our time together i will often pay for our dinners and excursions together because i still think about that period of time am i the asshole well that's an interesting one by the way let's pull the scale back up here's the kicker i think this was a shit move op it was a shit move because i'm sure that your friend felt an immense amount of pressure from you because she could tell that you really needed this to happen she wanted to make it happen and wanted to make it happen for her and for you but couldn't Just couldn't. I'm assuming she hadn't signed any kind of agreement with you or anything like that. So she was under no obligation to pay you anything. What she ended up paying you, she ended up paying because she felt bad and obviously wanted to save the friendship. So it was shit to make her do that. It probably was a shit idea to pressure your friend into coming in the first place and looking back at it you may be like oh I didn't pressure her into it but looking over the communication that you had with her how much desperation came through how much pressure came through and even those things that you said were helping her about taking care of xyz doing those things also comes across as pressuring her to follow through and actually do it like setting up the u-haul you're like okay we've got everything ready for you all you got to do is this and now she's like well I don't have a choice anymore I have to do this. And when it's that big of a decision and that big of a move, you have to make it their decision. Got to make it their decision. That's tough. So even though you had good intentions there, the desperation that you had and the fact that you needed her there caused enough pressure, even if it was subliminal, that's putting your friend in that position was an asshole move. Now you try to make up for it now. That's the kicker. And that's the tough part for me is that now you try to pick up the tab whenever you can to make up for that time. I guess the question is, do you communicate that? Do you communicate now whenever you pick up the tab? and try to make up for it. You're like, Hey, I feel really bad. I feel like I was the asshole then. And I'm trying to make up for it. If you communicate that, I think that probably wipes a lot of the slate clean. If you don't, and she doesn't know why you're doing that and doesn't know that you have remorse for that and doesn't know that you're trying to remove the red from your ledger, um, I think you might still live there. Although you may be wiping it out on your own, you're not wiping it out with your friend. You need to communicate that to your friend. In this case though, I'm torn because OP is doing things now to try to make up for it. If the specific question is, am I the asshole for making my best friend pay rent in a house she never lived in, then I guess we'll answer that specific question. And I think you guys are spot on here with the ask on three. I think three it should have been done differently, is a thing. It might even be a two. But I think the cool part about Ascon ratings is that they can change over time. So while you were a three in that situation, holistically, if you have been making up for it since then, you may not be one at all. Anymore, it all in in my book teeters on whether or not you have conveyed this to your friend that you have regret, you have remorse, and you're trying to make up for it because you regret what you did. If it's month two and they're already like, we're not gonna make it, this was probably a poor decision. And if you knew that you were gonna be in the situation in the first place, trying to secure a roommate before getting into this house was probably the smart play, not after the fact because that also increases the desperation and the pressure that you ended up putting on your friend to come fill that void. This one is another follower submission, and it is, am I the astronaut for attending my ex-husband's wedding? Ooh. I mean... There are a lot of directions this can go. I hope it went the spiciest of spicy. At the time, I was a 36-year-old female. Ex-husband was 36-year-old male. We had been divorced for more than 10 years, and we had built a friendship to co-parent our two children, 17 and 16 at the time. Obviously, we both moved on to new relationships. I introduced him to his new wife-to-be. Well, isn't that mighty big of you? Initially, I was supposed to be part of the wedding, but after their engagement, the wife that I introduced him to became jealous, and attempted to keep Keep us from even having a friendship i was not uninvited from the wedding but i was removed from the wedding party which did not bother me it was her special day i was happy to be there for them right before their wedding i found out that i was pregnant i wasn't saying anything as i was in the first trimester i didn't want to take away from their day I went to their wedding with my new partner and my sister, which was okayed by both the bride and the groom prior to our attending. We were not going to stay after the ceremony. We intended to leave, but we were begged by the maid of honor to stay. We were told that there would be an open bar until 9pm. So here comes the drama. In an attempt to try to get other people to stay as well, we went ahead and decided to stay. My sister and my husband partook of the open bar. We were outside taking a break from the festivities, getting some fresh air. My sister was talking to some other mutual friends and wedding guests and being drunk, she told the other guests that I was pregnant. Oh, shit. The groom slash my ex-husband overheard this. I told him I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make any kind of announcement during his wedding and we had intended to leave. My ex-husband got irate, being belligerent, pulled me to the side by my arm and said, we can't have a baby and I just got married. To which I said, it's obviously not your baby. Holy shit. Oh no! The bride overheard the groom telling me this, all hell broke loose. Apparently, I ruined their wedding and put a damper on their day. I don't feel like I'm the asshole. I apologize profusely for the actions of my drunk sister who was only drunk because we were begged to stay. I did get a bit snippy with the wife about how her husband's issues are her problem now and I'm not part of it. None of us are friends any longer due to other issues. But in retrospect, was I really the asshole for even attending? Okay, so this was all fine and dandy until your ex husband, who was the groom on this day, overheard someone say that you were pregnant and pulled you aside by the arm and said, We can't have a baby, I just got married. That was the point at which this shit got turned sideways. And that wasn't your doing, that was him being belligerent and saying something he should have never said in the first place so look at it this way you're not the asshole for attending that's not where this went sideways it was what drunk people said and that will happen there would have been drama if you did not attend right op are you in chat he said we hopefully because he was drunk we had been divorced for more than 10 years and we had built a friendship to co-parent our two children 17 and 16 at the time and then he said we can't have a baby i just got married to which i said it's obviously not your baby so either is there a chance that it could be his apparently his drunk ass thought so and that's either because he was so drunk that he doesn't know you know what effing day or year it is or what wedding he's at obviously and and just blurted this out because they have kids already or they had something going on while they were divorced and separated and that slipped out and caused some issues but either way i'm guessing he was with his new partner now wife long enough to where that shouldn't have been an issue at all So that would be tough. There would have been drama if you hadn't shown up. There was less risk of drama with you showing up, except that drunk people said drunk people things and it wasn't your fault. I understand the bride being pissed at you because what, she gonna get mad at her new husband at her wedding? Probably should for him getting that belligerent and saying that shit, but you know, we'll NTA it. We'll rock the NTA here. Not the asshole for attending. No, and that's the specific question here. Not the asshole for attending. It's a tough situation. we mm-hmm. This one is, am I the asshole for being upset with my sister-in-law? I, 25 female, and my husband, 27, have been married for just about six years and together 10 years. We started everything at a young age, got married when I was 19, two months away from 20, bought a house and found out I was pregnant with our first daughter three months later. We are still in the same house. Our daughter is now five years old. I've always wanted to live in a decent-sized house on land and have farm animals such as horses, chickens, goats. I was raised like this as a kid and want my kids to have this too. The past two to three years, my husband and i have talked about this dream but there was something that didn't allow us change of jobs pandemic now the crazy market etc my husband has a little sister who i love but we've noticed she's been competing with me and my husband after we got married bought a house and our daughter she goes off and elopes with her boyfriend at the time then they needed to build a brand new home about 10 minutes away from our house i needed a new vehicle as the transmission was going out and i got my dream jeep it wasn't new but i love it both the sister-in-law and her husband needed new vehicles too, like brand new with three miles on them. Two years ago, my husband and I decided to try for baby two and excited to tell the family, two months later, sister-in-law announced she is expecting her first baby and I went through infertility due to my PCOS. After 15 months of no luck with baby two, we decided we are ready to do touch-ups on our house, sell it and build our dream barn dominium. Of course, we still didn't catch on and told our family. Then that month I found out I was pregnant with baby two. So we decided to put this plan on hold prepare for our second daughter. Now to present day, my sister-in-law announces they bought a fifth wheel and are putting their house on the market ASAP and plan to live on the land in their fifth wheel while their barn dominium is being built. This was mine and my husband's dream and planned to the T after the market drops and our second daughter is born and now she has to do it right now. Right now I'm extremely pissed. I'm six months pregnant and yes, pregnancy hormones, but I'm pissed she has to one-up us and be better than us. My husband is really hurt with his little sister, but I am not sure how much longer I can keep quiet to maintain the peace between our families. I want to yell at her and tell her to stop competing with us and for stealing our dream. I know she stole our idea dream because when I told her our plan she had no idea what a barn dominium was so i had explained it and shown her the pictures so am i the asshole for feeling this way right off the rip i can tell you you're not the asshole for feeling that way because you can't be an asshole for feeling something it is simply what you do with it right so right now no not the asshole. You could potentially take this anger and do something with it that could make you the asshole, but this is tough. There are a couple of different ways to look at this situation. One, the probably best way to look at it is that imitation is flattery, and it could be that your ideas are just so damn fantastic that when you tell them, these people who have no original ideas of their own are like, damn, that's a really good idea. I want to do that, and now you're, you're an influencer whether you know it or not, and you can be flattered. You can be happy. The other way to look at It is, yes, they are stealing these things from you by taking them and doing them in some cases before you, even though it's like your dream to a T. And I think you're just going to have to accept that some people don't have original ideas. They don't have original thoughts. They can't come up with this kind of shit on their own. So they have to copy other people. Just be flattered that they chose to copy you. Yes, it can be frustrating. I know this from experience. You either got to ignore it or you got to create distance and go no contact. If you can't ignore it, you're going to have to create distance. It's really Tough. To take the high road in this case and just be flattered and ignore it and be like, yeah, that's cool. They're following our lead that we're able to influence them and they love our ideas and blah, bitty, blah, 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 It's really easy to get mad about this and to feel like they're stealing things from you. Here's the deal though. And whenever this happens, I try to remember this, this little piece because people who have no original thoughts and can't come up with this stuff on their own are always copying it. They are never going to do it the way that you would do it. There's always going to be this empty, this hollowness behind it because it's not going to have the same vigor it's not going to have the same passion behind it it's not going to have the same driving force and fulfillment behind it that you would have because you had the original intention and reason and passion behind doing it they're just doing it because they couldn't think of anything else to do and your idea seemed like a pretty damn good one so they are never going to do it as well as you would that is tough to keep in mind but it is an important piece that i think prevents you from sacrificing things that you really want to do just because someone stole them from you ultimately you know, In 20 years, if you look back at this, you're going to be like, who gives a shit? You want to do these things for you, so what if they do them as well? They're going to do them in an empty, hollow way because they can't think of original shit on their own. Let them try. Let them try to copy it. Let them try because they're never going to do it in the original way that you were going to. That's the way I feel like we should feel. That would be the ideal way to feel. It's just tough to make yourself feel. Feel that way. So, your feelings are warranted right now. It's just, what do you do with them now? Where do you take them? And it's, if you can live with it without going no contact with her, great. If you can't live with it without going no contact with her, go no contact. Either way, you're justified. Just do whatever works for you. There are some similar stories from way back where you could do something like, now that you figured it out, start sabotaging and telling them that you want to do these really expensive, ugly things like that one OP did with the purse that was extremely expensive and super ugly. And then, When they show up with these things that you said you were going to do and they realize that you were just misdirecting them, they're going to get all pissed off and expose themselves. So that's a play right now. Not the asshole. You can't be the asshole for feeling that way. You haven't decided what you're going to do with it yet. Just know that you have a lot of options in front of you and take the time to process and choose the thing that you really want to do with it. You have a lot of options available from no contact to petty to just ignoring it or being flattered by it. But just know that what you're feeling is valid and you're not an asshole for feeling that way. It's just, where do you go with it now? In this case, OP, it's like you're an accidental influencer. And there are people out there who, yeah, make a living by giving ideas to other people. The flip side of that is that you create a consumer culture where a lot of people are looking for those ideas everywhere. So if your sister-in-law is someone who seeks that influence and needs that influence, then you're the one providing it, which is a flattering sign for you. It means that you've got great ideas. If you take the petty route, you could have some fun with it. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying there's some petty options available. You know, we were thinking about breeding fainting goats. That's what you ought to say. And then you just go over there once a day and play an air horn. Watch them all go foop. <laughs> Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also...